What's up, everybody? Welcome to week two of the show before the show presented by Your Fielder's Choice. As always, uh, my name is John Moff. I'll be your host for this evening. I'm accompanied by Mike Mislinski and Devin Frank. What's going on, guys? And ready, ready for another week. Week one was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, lots of duds last week, um, but not to get too hung up on week one. So uh, you got to have a short memory. Hell yeah. And we'll get into some of that in a little bit. Uh, just to remind everybody, we are still running a promotion uh, for the NFL season. It is $25 a month for your first two months. If you head over to yourfielderschoice.com and, and sign up for that deal, it's a great deal. It's not only NFL DFS, it's um, all niche sports. You know, we got CFL shows, um, that's Canadian Football League. We got esports, got major sports like MLB. Anything you can get into, we got. Uh, head over there. You get the cheat sheets, articles, uh, advice from people like Miz and Devin uh, and a whole slew of the crew. So uh, head over there now, yourfieldischoice.com and check out that promotion. All right, fellas. Well, let's jump into some of the news and, and uh, injuries around the league. We'll start first with the power rankings. Uh, and this is presented by ESPN. So um, number one and two are the Chiefs and the Bucks. No real surprise there. They were one and two coming into the season. Uh, they both won their games. Chiefs and Bucks both had kind of a drama-filled situation, but they did pull it out at the end. Sorry, Dev. Uh, I thought the Browns right. were going to squeak one through there. Um, but then the rest of this list actually kind of gets a little interesting. So according to ESPN, they have the Seahawks at number three, and they were previously at number eight. And I just found that a little interesting. And I know I'm a homer. I'm a 49er guy, but like, I don't know if the Seahawks are the third best team in the league. No, I don't. I don't. That's it. That's a big jump. Um, I think that game said more about the Colts than it did, you know, Seattle. So I'm not sure about that one. I'm confused. Like, what are they pulling that from? Like, what, I mean, what did they do to show that they were a number three ranked team? Sure. They passed the tire locket a few times deep down the field. Cool. They passed the tight end this year. Cool. (laughs) And they passed the DK Metcalf. Cool. I mean, Russell looked good. I mean, like, what? What, do we, what do you mean? It, it, it was they fine. put up, what, like 21 points or whatever, 28 points? Whatever. Exactly. And this is less of a knock on the Seahawks. Like, the Seahawks look fine. I just – do they look third best team in the league fine? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, you got, yeah, you, I, wait, hold on. You no. got Carson Wentz passing to running backs and, and tight ends and not passengers receivers. Like, of course, they're not, they're not going to win. I mean, not yeah. a number two right team. Dude, you don't have to convince me that the Seahawks are not as good as they are. So uh, I'm on board there. Uh, A number four is another NFC West team. It's the Rams. They were previously number five. That makes a little bit of sense. You know, you had Matt Stafford coming into Los Angeles. Yeah. First, first uh, start there. Everybody had high hopes for him. You know, he's, he's a good player. Just been on a shit team for his whole career. So, um, you know, even again, as a Niners fan, I don't want to see the Rams do well. It is nice to see Matt Stafford do well. He's, Seems like a good dude. He's yeah. been through hell and back with injuries and all these th- and all that stuff. So uh, no surprise there at number four. Um, number five, you know, their loss was a little bit of a surprise. So I'm not surprised that they dropped down the list. But the Bills, they were previously number three. Um, I can't believe they lost that game to the Steelers. Uh, they had it <laughs> in hand, not like easily, but they were winning and they're a good team. A lot of people have them as, you know, deep playoff team this year. Uh, surprised that they they fell apart to the Steelers. You know, 
I'm, I'm still curious and I still haven't found any information really as to why, but they had Zach Moss inactive. Dude, I know. I, I drafted Zach Moss on my season long. I didn't have him starting, but I, I right. was excited Bench. for him this year. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I totally get going game plan specific and, you know, catering to your opponent. But I mean, inactive? I mean, and it's not like Devin Singletary has been lighting the league on fire either in his right now. Like they are notorious for actually not using Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary used to have a lot of hype behind him when he first came up and then he ended up doing nothing despite everybody expecting him to eventually do something. So it is a little weird that they did that. Right. Just don't run the ball. It's just all Josh Allen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, coming in at number six, we got the Browns. Uh, they actually moved up despite their loss. I think they showed the world that they are for real. They can hang with the big dogs. Um, they need probably a little bit more maturing on in terms of like, you know, closing games out, but they, they're right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's close, you know, closing I games out, Miz, right? Like the Ravens. <laughs> no, I got to talk about Browns we'll for a second. They, my buddy texts me. Obviously all my buddies are, are Browns fans said, oh, man, Baker did what Baker does. He was amazing in the first half, fell apart in the second half. No, no, that's, that's not at all what happened. The Chiefs could not stop the Browns. The Browns had one bad drive the entire game. That was a three and out where they flubbed the pump. If Nick Chubb doesn't fumble that ball, they score that drive. Yeah. The, Chief, the Chiefs literally couldn't stop the Browns, and that's the Browns without Odell, and that's the Browns without their left tackle for a good chunk of that game because he got hurt. Thank God it's nothing serious. He should be back. So, yeah, the Browns are absolutely for real. Um, it's, you know, you can argue there's no such thing as a moral victory when you lose, but I feel great about the Browns despite the fact that they lost. Yeah, and you should. They're, they're exciting. Their defense looks legit. You know, also, I don't remember exactly what play it was, but I remember watching it. Mahomes pulled the play in the fourth quarter out of his ass. Like, he threw across oh, he his body yeah. as he's going out of yeah, bounds. I mean, Tyree Kill. It was just insane. I was like, this – that – if that's not Patrick Mahomes, nobody's making that play. I'm sorry. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, uh, at least pre-2021 Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that was an insane play. Uh, coming in at number seven are the 49ers. They were previously number 10, so they actually moved up despite squeaking by the Detroit Lions. I mean, they had, I believe it was a 28-point lead, something like that. Yeah, uh, it yeah, and the, it, right. yeah, that's exactly what happened. They're probably playing soft on defense, and you know, you let you let teams uh, catch up that way. I mean, it was a little alarming that they couldn't stop DeAndre Swift, um, which may say more about him than anything else. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about the Niners letting up a little bit. They got the Eagles this week, and I think they can beat them. Um, coming at number eight are the Steelers. They bumped up from uh, eleven. Uh, that's no surprise either being the bills coming back. Uh, bills seem to be a better team and Steelers pulled one out. Um, and then number nine, shocking to everybody, the saints up from number 19, that's the biggest jump of the week, uh, at least upward. Um, Jameis coming, coming in with five touchdowns, uh, kind of handing, handing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers their ass, uh, on Sunday. That was a beating. Yeah. And I think it shocked everybody. It was neutral ground too. It wasn't even in the dome. Like, I don't know what happened there. Yep. Took my fucking wallet and ran. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, I think the Saints are probably better than we gave them credit for because 
Drew Brees had zero arm strength the last few years. They had no deep ball threats. Now you give Winston, he's got a big arm, and you give him, I mean, say what you want about Sean Payton, the dude's proven he's, uh, you know, he's a guru. You give him a legit quarterback guru, and Saints could be where they're always at. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be contending. Um, they'll come up short because that's what they do, but um, they're going to be decent all year. If Jameis can do anything, it's sling it. We know that. Um, yeah. And honestly, I'm okay with the Saints being good because the amount of FaceTime and media sound bites we'll get from Jameis oh, yeah. is, is, is amazing. <laughs> like oh, his yeah. post game interview where he's like talking about something that the coach said, and he's like, I don't know what he said. He's like, but he encouraged us, like something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, so, <laughs> he's such a he's a clown, but he's entertaining. And and like I said, yeah. he can sling it for sure. They're gonna get Michael Thomas back eventually. I think he actually just moved off of IR but onto the COVID list. So we'll see how long that t- delays him. Um, but you got to think that like that's only going to help their case more because Michael Thomas is still a force to be reckoned with as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Um, Out to week I, six, though. What'd you say? Can't come back until week seven. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Week seven? I thought it was sooner than that. Because it was Pup. Okay. He's put on Pup, so yeah. he can't come back until week seven. And he needs it. He needs to get. He needs to get healthy. He rushed back the last two years. I mean, last last season was a disaster. It was yeah. every every other week. I feel like we were reading news on him. Will he play? Won't he play? He'll play, but he didn't play any snaps. Like it was it was tough to mm-hmm. be a Michael know. Thomas owner in any yeah. fashion. Last week. I don't think people realized he he owns so many records that people don't realize. Like he was, he never got the props, but you could argue he was the best receiver in the entire league or the whole beginning of his career, just based on numbers and, and whatnot. So, I mean, he's, he's legit, but just, he's been rushing it back. So hopefully he gets healthy. And if he does, man, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a good, him and Kamar, man, that's tough. And then uh, bottoming out this list, at least the top 10 are your Ravens, Miz, uh, previously number six, had a little bit of a dud on Monday night, kind of blew it to the Raiders, uh, despite both me and you, convincingly taking them last week on the show uh, during our Vegas section. Um, but yeah, Ravens number 10. I still think they'll be okay. I do think it is a little bit of a red flag though for, you know, that team. Uh, Lamar looked pretty good. Uh, it was a silver lining despite his turnovers. Um, but I think the Ravens can be good. So the biggest thing with them is the majority of their line is basically new. Stanley was out all year. Villanueva looked like a fucking turnstile. He looked so bad, and I was so hyped for that at signing. Dude, Gosley destroyed him. So, and then we have the whole interior is basically new. Zeitler, um, and then there's a rotation between the other two positions. Um, And this is really the first time that they've actually, like, played together because they've all been in and out of the lineup through training camp, whether it's, like, Stanley coming back from injury. Zyler coming back from injury. Um, plus, Lamar was on the COVID list. So the timing was completely off. And uh, you can go on Twitter, and there's some guys like uh, Ravens for Dummies does a lot of like film breakdown. And you can see how dis- disjointed the line is. Like at one point, there was one play where they ran into each other. Um, so they are completely out of sync. So I do think it'll get better. Um, but it is very concerning for sure. Um, and, you know, the whole running back thing is ridiculous. But Tyson Williams does look good. So um, 
I don't have too much concern about that. It's weak. I hope one. they don't. Right. Yeah. So um, I think it, it'll eventually work itself out. Um, and if it doesn't, you can pretty much start fading the shit out of them because they'll be bad. <laughs> well, speaking of running backs, uh, we'll, we'll move into some news. John Harbaugh did come out and say uh, this week that he's going to have all four backs in the mix and quote, he's going to play all those guys. I don't know if anybody listening or who's playing DFS or playing fantasy football is kind of hanging their hat on Baltimore running backs. But if you were, that should at least be a little bit of a signal to maybe pull back a little bit. If his name's not Lamar Jackson, you probably don't want to rely on them too heavily. The best part about this is that this game is on Sunday night. So you you don't have to worry about it for the main slate on Sunday. Um, so you can let it play out and, um, you can, you know, do the whole showdown thing and, you know, get shares of each of them, um, and and wait for the news to trickle in up until game time. And then you can worry, kind of worry about it for DFS purposes. You know, if you're, if your focus is, you know, main playing the main slate and not, you know, really focusing on showdowns. Um, so it'll at least give you a one week buffer of not having to really solely focus on that kind of thing. That's the good news at least. And the Ravens are home that game, right? Yep. There are. My, my guess is Murray takes that job. It's still though. Um, Dyson did look really good, but I just, despite looking really good, it was Murray who finished that game despite only being there. What a few days. Yes, so that's true. We I only got signed a couple days leaning on the vet. Um because I can tell you that's, why. That's just I can tell a you guess. why. Tyson Williams missed a huge block. Yeah, a huge yeah, block. Yeah. And they fucking yanked him. Yeah. So my guess is that that Lat ends up taking that job. That's just a guess. I mean, he, it could end up being exactly what it says in all four, and it could be an absolute disaster. Stay away all year. Like like Miz said, we're gonna find out. Uh, and, and some other news, we already touched on the Saints a little bit, but Marshawn Lattimore uh, with the thumb injury uh, was sidelined for practice as expected. He had surgery on that thumb, so he's actually planned on missing the next two games. Um, may not be that big of a, a deal if you're looking at it from the Saints' perspective on their defense. I think they should be okay. They have Bradley Roby, who's going to uh, jump right in. He was suspended week one. However, they are playing uh, the Carolina Panthers this week who have a nice receiving core. So that may free up one of their receivers um, because, you know, obviously not having Roby and Lattimore together, obviously you go down the line. If it's not DJ Moore, it's Robbie Anderson, you know, so on, so on and so forth. So could be interesting there if you're targeting any of those players. One Buckeye comes in for another. Yeah, there you go. In <laughs> uh, other receiver news, uh, Brandon Ayuk, um, who was a full participant in practice uh, as of Wednesday. That's when this show is being recorded. Um, doesn't look like there's anything really wrong with him. He put up an absolute dud, a zero uh, on Sunday. Um, this is a guy that had a good year last year for all intents and purposes. People right. were very high on him starting this year. Um, definitely expected more than that. The fact that he was out-snapped by Trent Sherfield. Uh, 27 to 26 is, is kind of shocking. Um, but what's even more shocking is the fact that Kyle Shanahan didn't even shy away from that in the press conference. He just basically said, you got to be better than the guy behind you, which is indicating that at that point in time, he just wasn't. So a little bit of a, of a red flag there. If you're, you know, going all in on Brandon Ayuk, 
Um, maybe that'll drive his salary down uh, some weeks as we move forward. But that was a little interesting to read. Um, usually, you know, people do put up stinkers, obviously, but to hear that second reiteration from the coach from Shanahan, that's a little bit of alarming uh, in my mind. Debo looked like he really is taking over as that number one option though. So definitely have Debo Samuel on your, on your radar right now. Hey, I had Debo on a couple of lineups. Um, listen, Debo was a huge force the year they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. They run him out of the, they do, you know, run him out of the backfield. They'll hand the ball off to him. They'll send them deep. He does all these trick plays. Debo is a beast. He was hurt majority of last year. He can never get right, which was basically the theme of the 49ers uh, season last year, uh, injuries. Um, but yeah, that, I, I, I think Debo's a beast. And for him to be the number one is not really that shocking in my mind. You know, speaking of injuries, Raheem Mostert, uh, as most people know, uh, he didn't really last more than one series. He is now out for the yes. year with a knee injury. That guy cannot stay healthy, which is a shame because he's pretty talented. He's very fast. Um, yeah, I think this actually will just spell the end of his uh, 49 er career. Um, that's just yeah, fast great. at getting hurt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, he did what he did when they went to the Super Bowl. That's all they need him for. You know, if you're looking at it that way from a value perspective, he doesn't cost the team a lot of money. He's still on you know, a pretty cheap deal. I think he was actually looking to get paid next year. That's why they were going to probably let him go anyways. Uh, yeah, but this injury is definitely, yeah, exactly. This injury is not going to do him any favors. Um, and what's also not going to do anybody any favors is the amount of running backs the 49ers have. Uh, Elijah Mitchell came out of the blue, surprised everybody. Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. That makes no sense because he had a great camp and everybody was excited about him. You got Jermichael Hasty, You got Jeff Wilson Jr., who's eventually going to come back. And they signed Kerryon Johnson this week. So uh, just like the Ravens, welcome to the shit show that is the running back core of the 49ers. Oh, by the way, Debo Samuel can, can take carries away from these guys as well. So uh, a little interesting there. Any thoughts on the 49ers backfield, uh, especially Trey Sermon being scratched? My guess is I was reading a little bit about that. Um, from what I understand, uh, they liked Elijah Mitchell's speed through the hole a little bit more than Sermon. And pretty much Kyle Shanahan just said he was better. So that's why he played. The, the issue is it's Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Trey Sermon could get more carries next week. That's just, that's just how he rolls. So I, I love Elijah Mitchell as a, as a seasonal pickup. Um, and if Sermon ends up being healthy scratch, and I love him for DFS, uh, but he's Shanahan's just he's so hard to trust with these guys, as you know. Uh, but I think it, I do think it's Mitchell's job to lose. I mean, why wouldn't it be? He was fantastic. It was great. So, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see though. That's yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. I I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Um, you don't draft Trey Sermon, who has the pedigree in the third. You draft him in the third round. He has a great camp. Everybody's talking about him. And then you just make him a healthy scratch and he's, and he's completely just out of the picture. Don't buy it. Something happened. Something Either happened. missed meeting or he was late to meetings or he was out past the curfew that I know Shanahan has. Um, so something happened. And it's a matter of him getting out of that doghouse. So whatever that takes, I'm sure he's doing it. Or, or working on doing it. Um, so maybe next week or this week, rather, he's 
you know, it might not be him, but moving forward, I still think that he he'll be the long term play. Yeah, I think you know, come their bye week or even you know, we're in the double digit weeks. Uh, Trey Sermon has that job, um, and this conversation is kind of irrelevant as we move forward with the with the year. But only time will tell. I mean, if Elijah Mitchell continues to play the way he did on Sunday, then like Devin yeah, said, like, for sure. Why bench him? Like, why put him number two? Like, if he's doing good, he's doing good. Um, And then finally, uh, just some Cleveland news, just to, you know, throw that in there uh, for Dev. Uh, Odell Beckham will miss Cleveland's week two game against the Texans. Um, So it's a little interesting. Shame to see Odell just, like, riddled with injuries, basically, uh, in the last couple of years. So hopefully it's nothing too serious because he is talented. Boost to Schwartz, um, who – was much more involved than any Cleveland beat reporter or any Cleveland fan who pays attention was expecting. He was our third round draft pick. Um, you know, I think he was the fastest guy in the draft. It's just a burner, but he had a hamstring injury. Didn't, didn't do anything all camp didn't play in the preseason really came out and played like 31 snaps had uh, six targets. I think they were almost all deep balls. So as long as Odell is out, he is a viable punt um, risky, probably GPP, but um, definitely a GPP punt with upside because he's he's just running deep routes. So all you need him to do is break one, uh, yep. and that automatically you know is worth the the pick. So good good thing to keep stored in the back of your mind if you're trying to save some salary and go crazy with your stacks with like a Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey stack. Yeah, something cheap. To throw yeah, exactly. Out. Right. Don't don't sleep on uh, Donovan Peoples Jones though. I still think yeah. he's pretty good. Um, he got yeah. all the hype. He got all the hype in camp. Um, he was great. And I mean, yeah, and he did look good through camp. Um, and he was good towards the the latter part of the year. So um, don't sleep on him. He'd had a bad game, but don't I mean, react. I, I pivoted to Peoples Jones on the on the late slate uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, mostly out of desperation because I, I saw my lineups going down the tubes and I was like, I got to do something here. So he was one of the pivots that I made. He didn't really pan out, but uh, for all the reasons Ms. just mentioned, you know, definitely don't regret that decision. You know, I was already kind of up against it as it was, as the four o'clock game started. Yeah. All right. Well, this next section that we're going to move into is called the be a goldfish. Now we spoke about this last week as if you watch the show, uh, as you know, me and Dev are Ted Lasso fans. Miz is a rebel without a cause and just refuses to watch it because people like it. Five years to be a Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, but if you aren't aware of it, uh, Ted Lasso's mantra on the show is, you know, got to be a goldfish, got to have a 10-second memory. Um, so this, this section here is geared towards uh, players that put up some duds, but, you know, as a DFS player, you got to be a goldfish. You got to have a short-term memory. Uh, and don't be afraid to play these guys. If they're good, they're good. Um, Miz, I don't think I actually don't think we're allowed to show the clip, or it's probably not in our best interest to show the clip. But I'm pretty sure we can play a soundbite. So I'll play a soundbite uh, of this just so you understand it, Miz, a little bit better. Maybe that'll gauge you some interest. Uh, maybe you'll sign up for Apple TV Plus or something. Uh, maybe we could get a sponsorship one year on uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso. But uh, I'll play the sound clip for you, and um, yeah, we'll jump right into the section. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. Yeah? 
All right, so that's Ted Lasso, uh, Ms. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't know, if anybody who's watching didn't know. And uh, let's jump right into this. So be a goldfish. I got Aaron Rodgers as primary target number one on this list. 3.32 fantasy points. He was 6% owned in uh, major GPP tournaments. Uh, came in at a whopping $6,800 salary. That is a dud for sure. And he killed a bunch of teams. Um, so yes, be a goldfish, Aaron Rodgers. I think this week he can bounce back. He's definitely an MVP caliber player, as we know. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. And perfect matchup to do it in. He's going to be out to, you know, remind everybody of his, you know, relax <laughs> loves to, loves to say, um, and this is the perfect spot to just kind of go nuts. And I think he did say that, right? He did say relax. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I saw all the memes come out about him uh, just looking tired and they compare him to Brady. He's got like the long gray hair with the gray beard. He just looks like he got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he'll, he'll bounce back. He's not on the main slate. I'm pretty sure it's a Monday night game, but it's against Detroit. So if you're playing your showdowns, uh, feel free to make him your captain, get that one and a half points. Um, in addition to... Aaron Rodgers, as we said, he can impact multiple players. We got Devontae Adams coming in uh, with 10.6 points. Uh, he was priced, I believe he was the most expensive wide receiver at $8,300. Uh, and he came in at 17% ownership on major GPP tournaments. So again, Devontae Adams, be a goldfish. Don't be afraid of him. He is a certified freak. You'll be just fine. If you're, if you're looking to play him moving forward, you can throw Aaron Jones on that same, same boat. He was, I had him in my seasonal, which I actually ended up having a really good week one. I, I had scored the most points in my league, which I should have. It's a league full of maybe borderline pay attention fans at best. So I just crushed them in the draft and I, I scored the most points with Aaron Jones. So it could have been a huge week. I expect him to, he'll, he'll be just fine. They didn't really even have the ball in the beginning, in the first half. They had the ball like what, two or two and a half, maybe. Yeah. Call it two and a half times. And that game was over, in, you know, 10 minutes. The game, the game made no yeah. sense. I was yeah. following along with it. It, uh, it wasn't on TV where I was watching and I just was like catching clips in red zone and whatnot. But I was just like, what is going on here? Like, none yeah, of this is making yeah. sense. But they will be fine. Like you said, be a goldfish. Yeah. Three of the best, best fantasy players last year. They're going to, the bounce right back. Exactly. Uh, staying on the quarterback front, we got Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he dropped 17.818 points. His salary was 6,500, and he was owned in 7% of major GPP tournaments. Um, again, Ryan Tannehill got so many options on that Tennessee offense. Was a little surprising that this is what they were able to do against Arizona. I think it's a little bit more of a testament to how good Arizona is personally. Um, I think a lot of people were just like kind of poo-pooing them. Um, they are in the NFC West. So, you know, they could easily not make the playoffs uh, just because of who they have to play and who they have to go through, but they are definitely a loaded team. And obviously they caught Tennessee on the right day or the wrong day, I should say, uh, and, and kind of beat the crap out of them. But uh, Tannehill with a little bit of a disappointment there. I had him in a couple of GPP lineups and he let me down 17 points. That's really that game. That's like a 7% outcome. I mean, with a game, it was what the second or first or second highest total game on the slate. Mm -hmm. And then normally in, in those games, Tannehill usually goes nuts. Uh, you, well, 
it's usually a mix between either Tannehill or, or Derrick Henry. And to be um, honest, I, they were getting beat most of that game. And in right. my head while I'm watching it unfold, I'm like, this is classic Tannehill game. Like he's going right. to throw three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, make playing him worth it. And they're going to make it a close game. Will they win? Who, who knows? Or honestly, who cares? But I was in my head thinking, all right, they're down by a bunch. They got to throw the ball. They got the weapons. Like I can see him putting up, you know, 25, 30 points here, even though he only has 14 at the moment, you know, it is very viable and reachable. And, and like, to that point, like Tannehill was it Arthur Smith that, you know, really made him good? And now Arthur Smith is gone. Gonna find out. Yeah. It's true. Well, the good news about Tannehill and the next guy we're gonna talk about is if that's their floor game, that's still not terrible, though. That's that's the good news. That's the one thing I'm taking away from from Tannehill and, and the, the next quarterback we're gonna talk about is they were terrible. And 17.18 is not going to, you know, it's not a backbreaker. You could still that's, make some cash. That's a, good, that's a good point. You look at, just to compare him to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He, Aaron Rodgers was 6800 so $300 more. And Tannehill put up roughly six times the amount of points. Still a stinker. But you could still win with that yeah. if, you, if you hit somewhere else, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. His, his floor is pretty decent. That's a good thing. Yeah, and, and just for people watching as a gauge, like basically to get that fire or flaming logo in, in the DraftKings, you need them to put up three and a half or four X their salary value. Um, so if a person is, you know, what, 6,000 points, you need them to drop 24 for it to get, you know, that that accelerated value, that, that fire uh, symbol next to their name. And that's what you're really shooting for when you're drafting these guys is who can get me 4X their value. Um, so, you know, Tannehill didn't even come close to that, but at the same time, uh, wasn't a total, total loss. And like you said, this next guy, Josh Allen, who sank, I, I know he sank your battleship, Dev. He definitely sank mine. He was in all my cash lineups. Uh, he dropped 18 points, 18.2 points um, on a $7,400 salary, and he was owned in about 7.6% of all um, – GPP lineups. I would say that's going to be his worst game of the season. Brings us into our next guy here, uh, Josh Allen, um, 18.2 points, uh, $7,400 salary, 7.76% uh, ownership in major GPP tournaments. Um, like you said, surprising, yes. He sank both mine and your battleships, Deb. I know that. We had him in, in cash lineups. Um was was a tough pill to swallow in week one but again be a goldfish i'm not so sure i will expect that from him moving forward he, he would definitely be fine yeah I, I i think you know i would i would go as far as to say this that'll be his worst game of the season um and again there's that that floor though 18 18.2 is not so terrible that it's going to crush you i mean it, it killed us in our cash lineups with with kyla going nuts but um um, cause we had, you know, three pretty clear cash options on paper and, and Josh Allen was of course the one that doubted, which is where we went. Um, it, I think it does say a lot about Steelers defense, you know, Miz, you had said that you thought they were going to be back to, you know, really improved and boy, were they, uh, I expected a little more rust out of Watt. He hadn't had 
he hadn't been doing any of the team drills at all because he was trying to get paid. Uh, boy, he was sharp. Uh, Cam Hayward apparently is never going to age. So that defense looked really, really good. Um, but Josh Allen will be just fine. That's like I said, that's, I would, I would say that's probably going to be his worst game of the year. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say so too. And then in retrospect, just thinking about it, Kyler was the play. I mean, Tennessee's defense is awful and they didn't get any right body to make them better. Um, at least not in, in, immediately. Um, so in retrospect, it, it just, that was stupid even think about it because yeah there's a price the Steelers defense is just better yeah, yeah and and the pricing so yeah um in retrospect you know it is what it is but you live in you learn but um yeah this is definitely going to be well i'll put it this way if people are down josh allen because of this That's thank great. you god because i'll play yeah. <laughs> i hope that happens uh let, let them pull off of josh allen that's totally fine <laughs> Uh, moving forward, you know, I'll combine some of these guys here because they all had the same amount of points. We got Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, even though he wasn't on the main slate, uh, and Julio Jones all dropping 5.9 points. Um, they were all within the mid-6K range uh, for their prices. Um, you know, these are big names that people had high hopes for. Julio going to a new environment, Tannehill, A.J. Brown, that high-octane offense. Uh, weirdly wearing number two, which maybe I sound very get off my lawn, but like, it doesn't look right to me. I'm sorry. It looks a little weird. You know, I'm still going to watch every game and I'm going to love football, but like, I just don't like it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Zeke, I think it will be fine. Let's keep in mind, you know, they were missing some key pieces. Uh, Zach Martin was out um, with uh, COVID, I believe, right. He was on the COVID list. So that impacts their line, which means, you know, he can't do his thing as much. A little bit of an alarming uh, stat there because Zeke did have a down year last year for similar reasons. But again, they didn't have Dak. You could stack the box. It, it's all, you know, tied in to, to things. It's not necessarily Zeke doesn't have it anymore, right? Um, he did play 82% of the snaps, which is a good thing. So people are, are, are worried about Pollard, you know, stealing, passing down work. Pollard really didn't play that much. No. And Zeke is going to be on the field because he's a, the, one of the best uh, pass blocking backs in the league. He's not dust. They committed to the pass because they know they knew that they couldn't run the ball against Tampa. So they just said, fuck it. Let's just pass and sling it because we, we have Dak. We have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We have one of the best receiving corps in the league. Let's do it. Let's just – we'll play. We'll match their game. If that's what they're going to do, we'll do it too. Um so I I pray that people are sleeping on Zeke because he's going to have a monster year. I'm telling I'm telling you guys. I said it before the season. He is going to have a monster season. Do not sleep on Zeke. I mean, as long as Dak keeps looking the way he looked also last week, um, it just becomes something that you can't you can't just play to to defend Zeke. You're going to have to guard those receivers, and those receivers are super talented. Dak's super talented. Dak can also run. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, that actually leads you to believe that Zeke could could pop off at any minute. It, it just it's going to rotate, in my opinion, about who who has the bigger games. The matchup, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's going to be matchup. Kudos driven. to them, though. I mean, kudos yeah. to them for like actually like thinking outside the box a little bit mm -hmm. and not just being you know archaic and like oh we have to run the ball in first and second down and then we'll pass it on third down. Yeah. 
just saying, fuck it. Let's fucking just sling it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. Um, no, I mean, not at all. <laughs> but he has nothing to do with it. He has nothing to do with it. It's all Kellen Moore. It's all yeah. Kellen Moore. He's yeah. just the, the mascot. That's all he is. And he still screwed up that game, by the way. So he, he had yeah. his fingerprint on there with that field goal. But Zeke, yeah. it is worth noting, too, that Zeke came in in phenomenal shape this year. Uh, they all raved about it. Yeah, he looked great. His he looked great. Looking years. Um, Zeke's an animal. Um, Who do they got that, this week? That year. Chargers, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Chargers. Yep. That's a great game. Yeah. Yep. Keep an eye on that one. Um, and then finally, uh, Calvin Ridley, 10.1 points, 7,900. He was a top five receiver this week in DFS, owned in 17.2% of major GPP tournaments. Um, a dud there. Surprising a little bit that the Atlanta Falcons couldn't pick apart that Eagles secondary. Um, I thought Unbelievable. Sure, Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, Miz, that was something that you alluded to on our Sunday show. You were all in on the Falcons stack. Um, and it just, just sometimes that's the breaks, right? But again, the name of this section is be a goldfish. So uh, just because that happened on week one does not mean we don't go back to Calvin Ridley eventually or even on week two. Yeah, it's one week. Yes. Don't, don't get overly hung up on it. Yeah, now he was for three for thirty nine. Three for thirty nine in the first qu- quarter or first drive or whatever. First drive, first yeah. drive. Like it, he was about to have a day. He was about to have yeah. a day. I literally said first drive. I said Calvin Ridley is about to go nuts, and then he had like one catch the rest. Of the and it just right off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> but he will, he'll be fine. He's going to be a target monster. Kiss of so death. Get figured out. Stupid fucking Matt Ryan every goddamn time. if you're if you're interested um here are some i'm going to share our screen here right here guys if you're interested in uh some of the the winning cash lineups um based off of devin's uh cheat sheet these were all guys that were listed as cash viable um this one here i believe is the FanDuel cheat sheet is that right am i looking at this right yep oh yeah that's FanDuel. yeah yep so um we have kyla murray James Robinson, Joe Mixon, Marvin Jones, Tyler Lockett. Even, even with the James Robinson dot, just because of his price, yes. he was so cheap on FanDuel. So. And that's okay, right? Yeah. Um, what were yep. you about to say there? Yeah. And just, so, to, just to clarify, all these guys, um, all these guys are on the cheat sheet, and, and I add labels um, to the cheat sheet. It'll say cash slash GPP, so they're, they're cash viable. And then when you see value, that means they're – you know, below a certain uh, threshold pricing wise, their cash play value does mean cash play. Same thing with punt. That's all just based off of pricing. Uh, so if you see something say punt, they are, they are cash viable. So everybody here on this screen that you're seeing was a cash viable play on the cheat sheet. Then moving over to the DK side. Um, and that is something to note on the cheat sheet. We do have both values. There are different plays for depending on the website you're on because they do have different values. Um, This was the DK uh, cash um, lineup that that was something to to look at and was available to people if they were following your cheat sheet as well. Yep, and those are both monster scores that cash in everything across the board with ease pretty high as well. Um, And it's not like our cheat sheet has, you know, 100 plays listed as cash viable. You know, somebody made me looking at this and, and scoff at it. No, there was only a handful of plays at each position um, that get that label. So that just shows you that, um, you know, 
I didn't cash. I had a bad week, but the plays are still there. I simply just, you know, pick some of the wrong ones. So the tools are there. Um, you know, you just got to wade your way through them. And, um, you know, if you get a little lucky, you got a chance at a, at a really, really big hit. Uh, just even just using the cheat sheet. I mean, look at these, these prices here. You got one, two, uh, the, the defense, I wouldn't count, but you got two guys here in the threes. Um, you know, these are modest prices, but when you do that in cash, you're able to bounce up to a Patrick Mahomes as your, as your quarterback or a Tyree kill um, yeah. in the flex of the wide receiver spot. So just keep note of that, you know, doesn't have to, you don't have to break the bank every time you did use 49, nine uh, salary there, but in terms of, you know, some people get afraid when they see Rondell Moore, 3000, right? Yeah. That's something that you would call a punt, right? In DFS terms. Yeah. Oh, but just because you're punting him doesn't mean that he can't perform. Like it's still, there's still um, a strategy behind picking him and it's based on situations and it's based on the matchups and it's based on what the potential could be. And as we mentioned before, a guy who's at 3000 four X is 12 points. He scores once you're golden. He has yeah. four catches for 75 yards. You're fine. Like you're not going to lose on that. Now, if you have a Patrick Mahomes at 8,100 and he puts up Aaron Rodgers numbers like three points, <laughs> yeah, you are not bouncing back from that. That <laughs> is the opposite of value. That is devaluing your entire lineup and you are done for the day. Pack your stuff up, come back next week. <laughs> so just keep that in mind when you're making these lineups. One thing that'll be interesting to note because we'll, we'll share this weekly. Um, I bet you this year we're going to see that flex spot be a receiver more, more so than ever before. It's just such a pass. It's such a pass happy league. How many guys threw the ball 50 times this week? Um, exactly. It's, it's not. So I have a feeling we're going to see wide receiver in, in the flex a lot. That's a good point. And that's never been really any of our strategies. We've always been running back in the flex, running back in the flex, safety, safety, yep. safety, their guaranteed touches. But something to keep an eye on. I just, I have a feeling we're going to see that more often than not uh, this season. Yeah. And keep in mind in, in DraftKings, uh, it's one point PPR. So um, you get those points real quick if, if, yeah. you, if you got a, a person who's taking in a lot of receptions. So, yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll do this pretty much on a weekly basis where we, we review some of the winning lineups uh, based off the cheat sheet. Um, we'll take a look at some other lineups as well. And, and obviously the, the be a goldfish uh, section. Moving on to our next section. Oh, you didn't know. These are just some next gen stats that I was able to pull off of week one. Uh, I'll just read them out to you and we'll, we'll get some, uh, some initial reactions here. So, uh, Russell Wilson was five of nine, 68 yards and three TDs while under pressure, 13 of 14, 186 yards TD without pressure. Now, what does this, what does this say? Honestly, it just says that he had a good game, but last week we were talking about is Russell on the downswing. So that's why I threw this one in there based off of everything we saw on Sunday, based off of the power rankings, which now have the, Seahawks at number three, which is a joke in my opinion. Uh, Russ is back. He's looked really good. The Colts do not have a crappy defense. They are stout, um, or at least we think they will be. Um, he had a good game. It was impressive. Tyler Lockett had a couple of nice snags, um, put up uh, some nice numbers, but Russ looked good on Sunday, as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah, but they did this last year too. He was, 
you know, throwing a lot more than tip than he used to in the past. And, and then they fell back into that boring Seahawks style football. So we'll see how long it lasts, but I mean, Russ is a hall of famer, you know, one of the most underrated players in, in the history of the game. He's, he's so good. I think what's also nice to note there is Chris Carson had a decent, he looked pretty good too. He did. Um, and I think as he long did. as they have a healthy Chris Carson and he's able to run the ball efficiency that frees up Russell Wilson you know, and he doesn't have to throw 50 times a game. Um, that is the Seattle that I think we all know, at least the good Seattle teams. Um, they've always been able to have that balance, right? Yeah. Uh, moving on to their division rivals, my boys, the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G was six of seven for 200 yards and a TD on passes of 10 plus air yards. Um, Jimmy G looked pretty good. I was surprised that you know, some of the stuff he was able to do, he was efficient. He threw for over 300 yards, I believe. Um, he fumbled the first play of the game, and I was like, that's it, bring in Trey Lance. I'm all <laughs> over this. Uh, they actually did bring in Trey Lance on a goal line package. I don't think that's indicative of anything other than Shanahan just trying out some stuff. So it's very possible that Jimmy G could have thrown an extra TD pass in that game. Um, but it was nice to see him look pretty good. Uh, that was encouraging if you're a 49ers fan. Um, encouraging if you're a Jimmy G fan, because if he's not with his team next year, uh, maybe that boosts his value. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Who knows? Or in the perfect world, as far as I'm concerned, he plays out of his mind and takes them all the way through the playoffs and Trey Lance comes in next year. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Can't bench him if he's going to play this well. So not, not a bad situation to be in. It's not like you're in the Bears situation. Yeah, exactly. Uh Moving over to Cleveland, Baker Mayfield actually had a, had a pretty good game. Uh, he finished a perfect eight for eight with 151 yards on play action passes. Um, he completed 12 of 19 attempts for 214 yards with an interception uh, with a time to throw of 2.5 plus seconds and completed five of six attempts for 88 yards against the Blitz. Basically what I'm saying is Baker Mayfield is seemingly coming into his own as an NFL quarterback. It seems that he's kind of starting to figure it out. He actually seemed way more mature than he did three years ago. Uh, admittedly, I used to not be a Baker guy at all. I couldn't even stand his face. Now he doesn't really say much. Uh, he, he does those stupid commercials where he lives in the stadium, but other than that, he, he, he kind of keeps his mouth shut and, and is playing decent football and is, is kind of revitalizing this, this Browns franchise that has a history of just being bad yeah he he fits the city really well um he's got that chip on his shoulder yeah he was he was a bit of a punk coming in um he was a little over the top with the chip but now he's learned to okay you know i was the first overall pick i can't really have that big of a chip anymore and he's just slowly gotten better and better and better that offensive line's awesome that rush game's awesome he's not ever going to be a huge fantasy guys guy um, just because of their style of play, but he's going to have a really good year. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody would hate to see that happen either. I mean, maybe Miz. <laughs> he's Probably a, Miz yeah. Because yeah. he's a Ravens fan, but uh, you know, it's okay to root for the Browns. If, if you're not a Ravens fan. I like Baker. Yeah. No, I've always like liked I said, Baker. they got that, they got that charm to them. Uh, you know, it, it, you would you feel for people like Devin? Like I want to see Dev like experience a, a, a nice run there. Um. He's had LeBron. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> That's right. 
He had the best player in basketball history. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, we'll come that. on. We'll leave with that. Fuck the Browns. <laughs> yeah, but they're gonna. Yeah, but he's gonna. But Devin's gonna be rooting for the Cleveland Guardians next year. So that just takes that away anything. We're promising for the Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> um, in other in other uh, news and stats, uh, Patrick Mahomes is undefeated in September. Surprise, surprise. Improved his record as a starter to 11 and 0 with 331 yards per game. Guy is just a maniac. Uh, that is the best in the NFL since at least 1950. Um, he's just uh, he's just unbelievable. I mean, Stupid. there really isn't and all those freaking sidearm throws against the Browns. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> it really doesn't. It's crazy. I watched him and I I can't even like. I want to dislike him, but I can't because there's so much fun to watch. Travis Kelsey's from Cleveland, so I root for him. They're just uh, ridiculous. Yeah. It's silly. It really is. And no signs of Mahomes slowing down at yeah. all. So he'll always be the, the best, best fantasy option. The best thing about the Chiefs is be- live betting them when they're losing oh. to win. It's the, <laughs> it's the best. It's yeah. the best. It's the best. You're like, oh, they're down by 14, and they're, oh, they're in the sure. middle of the third quarter? Lock okay. it in. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a win, yeah. Oh, they're down by 10, and there's 10 minutes left in the game? That's easy. Yeah, lock. <laughs> it's, we're, we're almost at that point where we were with Brady 20 years ago, where more often than not, he's going to win you money. If you're, yeah. going, if you're going with smart money, it's going to be on, on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You, know, you may awesome. lose it week to week, but overall, yeah. when you look back at the 18-week season, you're fine. As long as he has Kelsey and Hill, I mean, that offense isn't fair. Eventually, yeah. they won't be able to afford them all, maybe. Um, but I could even see those guys taking pay cuts to stay together. Well, that's so. the thing, right? Like, once they get into a groove of always winning and they make their money in endorsements and everything else, yeah. like, and they just want to see them continue to win because they know, like, they're only getting older and whatnot. So, like, Kelsey's no spring chicken. Like, he's been around for mm. a little while. Yeah, he's been around yeah. a bit. Yeah. So, you know, if you start looking at it that way, I don't know what their contracts are, to be honest, but like if you start looking at it that way, it's like, you know, they may take a one year deal or a one year, you know, salary reduction of deal. Exactly. And they'll probably restructure contra- contracts and I can see yeah. lots of that. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Matt Stafford had a hell of a game on Sunday night. He's another guy we spoke about previously. Like, nice to see him uh, in a good situation for once. Uh, he had a 156.1 passer rating for Elias Sports. That is the highest passer rating um, with a minimum of 20 attempts by any player in NFL history in their debut with a new team. So Matt Stafford delivering, uh, being that high-value draft pick that we all thought it would be when he came out of school uh, way back when. Um, it's been a while. I think. I, and I don't know if you caught, like he had a nice rapport with Cooper Cup too. I was just going to say, I actually, I, I did a Monday morning reactions article and I specifically mentioned Cooper Cup because I do, I live close enough to, to um, Detroit that there's a lot of Lions fans in the area. And we've talked about Stafford in the past. Um, one of the knocks on him, because it can be an issue, is he really, really locks on the one receiver. It was Calvin Johnson for years. It didn't matter if there were three guys on him who was throwing the ball to Calvin Johnson. Granted, Calvin Johnson oh, yeah. players in NFL history. But <laughs> even, when, even when Calvin left, you know, it just became it became uh, Golden Tate for a little bit. And then it was yeah. Marvin Jones. It's always been that one guy. And I really think that's going to be Cooper Cup 
Uh, Robert Woods is still going to get his. He's still going to have a good year. But I think Cooper Cup's in line for a really, really big year. And I don't have the stat in front of me, but I think I read that Tyler Higby was basically in on every play. Uh, he had a really good – I really like Higby as well. He had a ton of targets. Uh, you get Daryl Everett out of town, um, He's he, and he's better than people realize. So, yeah, Higby was quite involved too. Uh, you remember, remember the other – or I think it was last year, right, where Higby had like – that stretch of like five games over monster. 100 yards and touchdowns. Yeah. Monster. So he's, I mean, he's good. Yeah. So keep an eye on him. As yeah. long as the price remains favorable for him, I'm always looking Higby's way. And, and play this and, and play this week. And keep in mind, this team is missing Cam Akers, who obviously uh, could be a stud as well. We won't see him this year, but offense could be really good moving forward into the future. Um, yeah. Finally, Aaron Rodgers had a poor Aaron kind of, Picking on him this week, but you know what? <laughs> Last week we were all over him, so it's fine. It's just, yeah, <laughs> you give some, you win some, you lose some, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a thirty-six point eight passer rating, uh, and his team scored three points in Week One, which is the fewest in history for a reigning MVP in his first game uh, the following season. I bet you he knows that too. Oh, I'm oh, sure yeah. he definitely knows that. You don't become the player Aaron Rodgers is by not knowing those statistics about yourself and being self-aware, for sure. Yeah. These guys are – And an ego maniac, for sure. I was just about yeah. to say, these guys are ego <laughs> and competition maniacs. Yeah. Despite their cool, calm nature, they definitely are the way they are for a specific reason. You don't get NFL MVP. You don't, like, have a long, illustrious career with Super Bowl wins if you're not a little bit psychotic on how you play the game and how you prepare for games. That's I always laugh at people who, um, with sports, are like, oh, that guy's so cocky, and as he should be. He's the best player in, you know, That's in what I'm the saying. world. You need to have that confidence. Right. We mentioned yeah. LeBron James before. I'm not trying to make this a basketball uh, show, but – you know, that guy's been called King since he was 16 years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what, no shit. He's cocky. I would be cocky too if you <laughs> called me King be. John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not only that, I'm still I'm making millions of dollars and backing it up by breaking records left and right. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm cocky. Like, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. so, same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He, he should be cocky. He is. And he should be. All these guys should be. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's move into one of my favorite se- uh, segments here. It's called Mustard Dust. Um, this is where I'm going to shout out some names to you guys. Uh, you tell me whether you love or hate them or Mustard Dust uh, for the upcoming week. So let's start um, with this player, running back Najee Harris. So Miz and I both have him as a must this week. Um, so I'll give a little bit and then Miz can, can jump in as well. The big thing for me with Najee um, is, is opportunity. He's he was on the field a ton. Um, 100% of the snaps. 100% yeah, so, of the snaps. Do you uh, realize how rare that is right now? It, I mean, it, it doesn't happen. For a running back, that's impossible. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> right. happen. So now, and then to, to got, get 100%, I mean, and then you give him a Vegas defense that just gave up 189 mm-hmm. yards on the ground. So perfect storm. He's cheap. Um, he's on the field. He had a couple targets as well. I mean, it, Najee Harris is a must. 100% of the snaps. 100%. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as simple as that. Simple as that, really. What was that percentage again? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, man. All right. Uh, here's another one for you guys. Um, Jonathan Taylor. You know, I love JT, and I think he should be 100% down running back, but he's not. And uh, I don't know why the Colts insist in getting all these other guys involved. I mean, sure, I, I get Carson Wentz has got to get his feet under him and his confidence back and all this, but you don't need to have Naheem Hines in there for that shit. Put him in the slot on on passing downs and third downs, and, and you can do it that way. But that's it. That's all you need. But Jonathan Taylor can do that shit too. So, unfortunately, just with the matchup this week, I, I just don't I just don't like it. Yep, I, I was going to have him on my list as well um, for, for Dust. Um, Rams were the best defense in the league last year. Uh, David Montgomery did surprisingly well week one, but um, they're going to shore that up. I can't, I can't envision them getting gashed two weeks in a row. So completely agree. All right. Uh, we touched on this before, Ms. you alluded to it, so kind of lay up here, but Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, people are just going to be so disgruntled with, you know, especially with their season-long teams and their best ball teams, and they see the whatever, three-year points or whatever it was, single-digit point total um, out of Zeke. And they, you know, everybody sucking off Pollard on TV. He played 82% of the snaps. It's still a – that's a huge deal. And he's in there not 100. pass blocking. Not, not 100. Not 100. <laughs> it's very close. Pretty much should be, though. The Pollard is good. But – Zeke, Zeke is the man. Don't be discouraged by by that game. It's one week. Zeke's going to have a big year. I'm playing him this week. Yeah, and you know what you were saying with people being off him. He had a, a disappointing 2020 campaign too. So people already came into the season with that, you know, right. oh, Zeke sucks. Like he's done. Like, you know, the casual fan will say that. The casual fan, for example – my wife plays fantasy football and she's like, she was doing her, her draft. And she was like, I'm not taking Zeke. He stinks. And I was like, he doesn't stink. Zeke <laughs> he had a bad season, but there's so yeah, much yeah. that goes into that. That isn't even just his fault. Um, yeah, but yeah, you got plenty of people who are going to say that about him and I'm all for it. Drive that price down on DraftKings. Let me scoop him up and watch him. eat. Yes. He's too expensive on FanDuel, but he's got a really nice DraftKings price this week. All right, another running back that gets a lot of attention, Derrick Henry. Uh, I just, you know, I got to stay away. I, I, I got I to dust here. Obviously, Derrick Henry is the man. Um, but, you know, he comes in pricey, of course, and that offense looked terrible last week. And I, I just – I need to see the offense come together because, as, as Miz alluded to earlier, you got – you know, you lost their OC. So, you know, how is that going to, how is this offense going to look? You're trying to integrate a new toy, which can actually kind of hinder an offense at first because, you know, maybe they're overly trying to force him. Um, and that can throw off an offense's rhythm, offense's rhythm. So I just don't see any reason to, to come even close to Derrick Henry this week. There's so many great mid-priced running backs. We already mentioned a couple and Najee and, and Zeke. So, uh, I, 
I just uh, he he is dust for me this week, Derrick Henry. Yeah, we're not at, we're not quite in Derrick Henry season yet, and what I mean by that is he usually comes on real strong at the end of the year from previous experience. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you'll see him dropping his two hundred yard games and three touchdowns in the December, you know, January cold months, uh, and particularly the playoffs uh, as of late, but. He always does tend to start off a little bit slower. So I don't expect this year to be really much different. Um, okay. Here's another one for you. Allen Robinson. Another, another stud that I'm going to, I'm going to slap the, the dust um, tag on here. Uh, first of all, Matt Nagy has no right being an NFL coach. He is terrible. <laughs> I've been, you know, Miz has got Joe Judge. I got Matt Nagy. I've been complaining about Matt Nagy for. I got somebody else. I'm going to save it for the end. <laughs> I've been complaining about Matt Nagy the whole time. Um, he has no clue what he's doing. Um, one of his receivers came out this week in, in the press conference and made a statement about, you know, we're not running routes past ten yards. That and he was typically talking about how that played right into Jalen Ramsey's hands. Oh. He was able to keep everything in front of him. I just. Allen Robinson's a stud, but until Matt Nagy is gone or Justin Fields is in there, I just, I can't see it. There are, you know, with, when you take into account his price, again, it's a pricing thing too. There are guys in his pricing range that just make more sense, that feel safer, that are in better offenses. Um, it's, so I just, I do not, I mean, the matchup's good, but no, thank you. I just, uh, until Matt Nagy is gone or, or Justin Fields is in there. Um, Allen Robinson is dust and GPP only for me. It's a shame because he's a super talented guy. And- oh, he's and when he plays with Justin Fields, that will immediately be the best quarterback he's ever played for in his life. So I'm super excited when he does get Justin Fields thrown on the ball. Was Allen Robinson part of the Blake Bortles era? I can't remember. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe very much the so. second best quarterback he's ever played. For. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. DFS wise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final final guy here, uh, Antonio Brown. My boy, A.B., I've never had one bit of doubt about A.B., even in the, the, crazy, the crazy times when he was you know, you going by You love You love I've A.B. I've always loved A.B. I've, I drafted this fool when he was a rookie. I've sta- I stashed him on all my season-long teams back when he was with Pittsburgh. I've had him every year. I always use him. He is so good. I don't think you. I don't think people really know how good he is. If you watch his stuff, his footwork is absolutely out of this world. There's nobody better that has better footwork than him. He can. He's going to be playing a long time as long as he doesn't like really go off the rails. He's going to be playing a long time because his footwork is just. Uh, and your boy Tom Brady. Just, this dude. I mean, they still live together right now and down in Tampa. That's, um, that's honestly it's not going weird. away, man. It's one of the it's weirdest, weirdest shit ever. It's, it's the weirdest one of the weirdest I've ever heard of. Like, it's like cat and dog. Like, they just seem so opposite. First of all, AB lives down here in Miami, which is where I'm based out of. And I know his lifestyle is just wild. Like, I've seen, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. He's doing crazy stuff. He's on a private jet every other week on the offseason. Tom Brady eats avocado ice cream, kisses his kid on the lips, and probably <laughs> goes to bed at 7 p.m. every single night. It's It just makes no sense. I don't understand. It makes no sense. <laughs> uh, um, 
Fantastic. But the targets, are, the targets are there. The volume is going to be there. The passing volume is going to be there. Uh, Tampa's the running back situation also sucks. Um, and that's his boy, man. I mean, when in doubt, he's going question. to A-B. Do, do Mike Evans and Chris Godwin scare you at all with the A-B love that you nope. have? Because nope. I feel nope. like it's, it's – The volume still going to be there. Them. All right. The volume, the volume is, is always going to be there. Not always, but I mean, re- relatively speaking, it's always going to be there. I will. I will tie in. Um, speaking of those two, though, we could actually put Mike Evans under the goldfish column as well. Um, Tom Brady has historically <coughs> taken turns getting guys involved, so don't sleep on Mike Evans this this week as well, because um, nobody's going to play him because he was a dud last week. But Tom's going to want to make sure he feels the love too. Um, which there's going to be enough to go around for all of them because they're just going to destroy Atlanta. Atlanta is bad. Um, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked like an MVP. So, yeah, don't be afraid of, of any of those receivers this week. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with that on, on that front. Uh, this week looks like a nice, juicy matchup uh, for Tampa Bay for sure. All right, moving into our next uh, section here, it's called uh, Give Me The Loop, one of my personal favorites as well, uh, where we go over our Vegas picks uh, and give you our unprofessional advice uh, and leans uh, towards the upcoming slate. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a look at last week's picks. Um, Devin coming in at... Yeah, or not. Uh, Devin coming in at two and one. He had uh, Cleveland plus six and a half. He had Carolina minus four and a half. Uh, and Washington plus one. Uh, Which my quarterback got hurt. Yes, your quarterback did get hurt. Uh, but you did get a gift in Carolina because I'm pretty sure that spread was five or five and a half, uh, and it moved uh, a point um, in the Jets' direction. So you got the four and a half there. But anyways, congrats on two and one. Well, we'll keep tallies throughout the whole season and see what ends up happening uh, towards the end of the year here. Um, me, not so good. I went one and two. Uh, I had the Giants plus three, and they got absolutely obliterated at home by the Denver Broncos. Um, Danny Dimes is indeed not the man. Uh, <laughs> I had Baltimore, who bent me over on Monday uh, night, gave every opportunity in the book back to the Raiders, uh, even all the way down to the interception on the goal line. I thought I had it seven different times, um, but just no, to no avail. Uh, so over they bounce back. And then uh, I also had Carolina like Devin did. So that was my one uh, point. And then Mr. Miz here, uh, never more confident in his picks when, oh, and three. <laughs> uh, you know, the Jacksonville pick, you, you were sure that Houston was going to lose every game this season. They absolutely bitch slap <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, which was a surprise, I must admit. Um, Fuck Urban Meyer. <laughs> well, Urban Meyer comes out. Dude is the worst. Dude is the fucking worst. first seven plays of the game or something He like sucks that. so much. He sucks. <laughs> and now, and now there's reports saying that he, he might not, his heart might not be into it. He might back yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. He's going to fake a heart attack. Watch. He'll, he'll the, fake a heart the, attack. With the, US, <laughs> with the USC job opening up. Um, you had Green Bay minus four and a half. We all know how that turned out. 
Uh, and then Baltimore minus four and a half. Again, we all know how that turned out. So uh, better luck this week to both of us. Devin, keep doing your thing. Uh, we knew that this would happen eventually, uh, but I didn't think it would happen this soon in the season. I thought we were coming in nice and fresh. I thought some of our picks were kind of locks, but I guess not. So onward and upward. Uh, let's do week two. I will run through my picks and then pass it to you guys uh, and see what you think. So again, um, I'm going to do this in a level of confidence uh, from least to, to greatest. Uh, I'm going right back to the well on my least confident pick. Uh, I'm going Baltimore plus three and a half. I think they, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think they can hang with Kansas city. I think it's a primetime game. They're in Baltimore. Um, I think that they'll surprise some people. Just when you think they're out, this is the NFL, right? Parity is everywhere. Just when you think they're out or down and out, they do something to, to prove to you why they are, you know, in that top 10 power ranking, even if it is number 10. Uh, so I'm going Baltimore plus three and a half. Um, my second uh, most confident pick is the 49ers minus three and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think, you know, barring they don't, play soft on defense they can blow this team out honestly i really do believe that uh philly did look really good um against the falcons last week better than i thought jalen hurts looked a little tough hard to defend but uh, i'm going san francisco minus three and a half uh here against the philadelphia eagles and then finally um when in doubt when your back is up against the wall bet against the jets i'm taking the pats minus five and a half um, I'll be, uh, away on a weekend trip, a golf trip with some of my New York friends. They are all massive jet fans. I cannot not take this oh my God. and be oh with my them. God. Uh, I can't wait to watch the game with them. It'll be fun to watch Mac Jones, uh, give them a preview of what's going to happen for the next two decades, uh, over <laughs> in New England. So I'm taking the patch sure, minus sure. five and a half. So that's Baltimore plus three and a half, San Francisco minus three and a half and the Pats minus five and a half. All right. Well, I'll let Devin go last since he's the, the victor here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers minus five and a half. You got the Raiders coming off this ridiculous win. One Monday night, short week, across country. Across country. Against, early. early against Big Ben, a veteran coaching staff and with Tomlin. 100% snap Najee Harris. Um and a, and a pretty good looking uh, Steelers defense. They're going to knock the shit out of them. And better, so better at home. Indeed. So I'm going to go with the Steelers minus five and a half. And then I'm going to go with the Patriots, just as John said. Um, they just lost Mackay Beckton, their best um, offensive lineman. This, the uh, Patriots are just going to rush right through that line, which already looked God awful against a terrible pass rush from the Panthers. Um, it's going to be really tough for Zach Wilson. So I'm going to take the Patriots minus five and a half. And then I was kind of undecided about the last one. Um, I really kind of wanted to take the Bucks 11 and a half. That's a, that's a lot though. Um, and it is at home, but uh, I'll probably take the Cowboys plus three and a half uh, against the Chargers. Chargers are still, you know, with a young quarterback, a new coaching staff, um, coming up off a tough game with the uh, football team. I nailed that. Um, and they played very well. Uh, 
against the Buccaneers, who had a had a really good defense. So uh, I do like the Cowboys plus three. Um, I like a couple of those. Uh, my only worry with the with the Cowboys is, did you see they lost uh, Lawrence today? I did see that. I can't. I saw. I read that text message a couple hours before we, yeah, we hop so, on here. Um, but I the mean, line that, didn't. The line didn't move. No, no. Uh, I'm a little surprised you guys didn't. Kind of the chalky pick this week is um, where I'll start is um, the Rams minus three and a half over the Colts. The Rams looked really good. Colts looked really bad. The Colts are at home, but I mean, at this point, it's been what three years of Carson Wentz being a below average quarterback. He threw. I don't think he had. A, I don't think he had a single receiver see more than five targets last week. It was all checkdowns. Um, I just I, and they, and they want to run the ball, which is the Rams' strength. So I like the Rams uh, three and a half here. Um, try. I know we can we can double up on picks, but I'm gonna try and stay away here to give lots of options. Um, I'm gonna go the Bengals plus one and a half here. You know how much I don't like Matt Nagy. Um, if they're smart, they're going to give David Montgomery 25 touches, but they won't because he's really stupid. Um, so give me the Bengals here. And then I'm going to, I got to ride with him weekly. Huge line Browns minus 12 and a half. I think there it is. There it is. They're going to absolutely dominate this game. Nick Chubb's going for over a hundred easily here. The guy got for 200. <laughs> I mean, he could. He could. It's just going to be depending on how many touches they give him. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a big line, but I think the Browns can win this by two-plus touchdowns. They're they're mad. They expected to win that game. They knew they had that game. Um, they they want to show everybody, hey, we're real. We're contenders. So give me the give me the Browns here, minus 12 and a half. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with some of those picks. I mean, that's probably not good for you uh, <laughs> on previous history, but uh, yeah, if anybody's wondering where we're getting these picks from, by the way, we're using the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, the lines do change. This is midweek Wednesday. So by the time you see it, some of these lines may have jumped a point, a half a point or whatever, uh, but we are holding it to what we're taking them at today. Uh, we'll revisit some of these picks uh, on our Sunday show. Um, that pretty much wraps it up for us today on this episode of the show before the show, as I mentioned, tune in on Sunday mornings, uh, where we do live before a lock. Uh, you know, we, we give you our cash plays, our GPP plays, and we get you primed and ready to, to go for the main slate, uh, matchup, um, on Sunday afternoons. Uh, Ms. Devin, anything before we jump off? Fuck over Meyer. Najee Harris, 100% of the snaps. 100%. 100%. There it is. All right, guys. Uh, that's, that's everything from our end. I'm the host. These guys are the experts. And we will talk to you next week. Peace out, everybody.